0: right. We're going to have a chat today. Okay, let's do it. I think we should have a chat about what we should (laughs) chat about as parents (laughs) with our kids. Uh, This conversation is going to be kind of geared towards daughters, talking about friendship, relationships, dating, marriage, just that progression. Uh, Why it's important for us to have those conversations and how do we have those conversations? Do we just give it one big shot and have one massive conversation or do we kind of approach it differently? We do approach it differently and we'll share with you the other side always rush the other side or I forget it's there so
1: so I'm actually (laughs) as we're getting ready to record this I'm feeling a little bit uh haggard (laughs) (laughs) we just and where this content is coming from is we just had the privilege of speaking to a group of
0: middle schoolers uh, middle
1: schoolers I spoke to the middle school young men and you spoke to the young ladies Mm mm-hmm about a hundred of them in there.
0: Yeah, at least each. So we, each. Sp- we split up. Yeah.
1: Is that a Christian high school, middle school, and so we got to just speak freely about what is God's design for, namely marriage, and because of that, sexuality, sex, dating, and Selena had some really good thoughts, I think, for daughters because obviously we have, we have daughters. Yes. And as you spoke to the ladies, you spent a lot of time praying over this, mulling over this topic. And uh, and this will be the fruit of that because we want to share it with you because we actually had some of the teachers say, Oh, is this recorded anywhere? Can we get it yeah. recorded version? Yeah. So we're going to do that. But first, if you don't know who we are, my name is Ryan. This is my lovely wife, Selena. We are the Fierce Fredericks. We do Fierce Parenting on Thursdays, Fierce Marriage on Tuesdays. If you haven't checked that one out, go ahead and do that. Uh, and we're thankful to have you, to have your time and attention. If you want to partner with us, it's really important. That helps us. Just go to fierceparenting.com slash partner. I won't say much about it there other than... We're here because of our partners. So just yeah. thank you. If that's you, if it's not, you pray about it. And we pray that you would join us there.
0: All right. So in our discussion today, we were going to talk about, we're going to answer three questions. Uh, what does the Bible say about human sexuality? What does a healthy or godly dating relationship look like with a guy? Um, and what are the purposes of marriage and how, how are those purposes uh, influential or how can they influence you hmm. and who you choose to date and when? Uh, again, this is a mom talking to her daughter saying, Hey, what do you know about human sexuality? What do you hear? Hmm. Uh, how can we, uh, align this with the Bible? And again, I don't even think I would take that approach because I don't want it to be what do you hear? I would start with, what does the Bible say? Of course. Right. And then how does what the Bible says contrast what we hear outside of,
1: and that's huge because oftentimes the, the, the temptation as believers is to think, okay, how can I make what the Bible says make sense? Mm. And it that, makes
0: its own, it makes sense.
1: God's word is the norming norm. Culture is not the norming norm. Like we look at the Bible and say, it's the, it is the ultimate rule of, it's
0: the governing the, authority. The, yeah, it of, is the norm of norms.
1: And so, yeah, we don't, we don't need to, now it stands on its own because uh, it's God's word. Mm-hmm. It's timeless, it's always timely. Um, but as we approach this conversation, we don't bend the Bible to match the cultural narrative. <laughs> we reject parts of the cultural narrative that do not align with Scripture. Right. And I think that's just foundational at this point. Mm-hmm. And um, that's what something you'd want to establish with your daughters or sons um, early early on. Like right. if it's the first time you're talking to them about that and that's a foreign idea to them, Um the, Talk about it a lot more. Right. <laughs> um, yeah.
0: I would like to say to upfront that there, uh, there's this Instagram that I follow called birds and bees. We've done actually, I think an episode, uh, on one of their, uh, submissions that they gave to us, which was so great. But they, when you talk about things like human sexuality, anything having to do with sex or, um, mm. you know, marriage and that kind of stuff, talk to them. They are sponges, right? You hear that phrase, kids are sponges. Don't be like a fire hose and just sit down and spew everything out Mm. to them. They say the best way to get get things to stick with kids is to, they call it like the drip method. So just drips of conversations here and there. Hey, what did you hear about at school today? Mm. What have you been talking about? And, you know, along with ideally, right. You're having your family worship at home. There is an, an anchor in the family, in the home where they can say, hey, we were talking about this today or whatnot, or mm, you as the, so good. the parent, you know, drawing that out of them. So um, we talked about the natural progression of a relationship. And I think you need to make that known uh, to your daughters and to your sons, uh, because mm-hmm. understanding that friendships matter. It matters how you are a friend to others, whether you're honoring God in that or not. Uh, because again, that you're training ground, you're seeing, I told these girls, you are seeing, it's kind of like a, uh, a secret mission in some ways, because you get to see and observe this young man, how he talks to his friends, how he talks to his mom and treats his mom, what he actually really cares about himself or others, Mm. uh, and to what depth, right? Is he a quitter or is he, is he chivalrous? Is he going to go down? So you can go free in a dangerous situation, like
1: Or just in any situation, really, I think.
0: Right. And granted, these were middle schoolers and they are still learning to be young men. But again, it's the drip method. It's this plant the seeds, water them. God will do the growing.
1: It's interesting you say that because one of the ways that I articulate this to our daughters
0: Mm -hmm. on
1: our daddy-daughter dates is, and you've heard me say this on the podcast before, one thing I try to just continue to instill into them is this idea that uh, you want to give your time and attention to a young man who loves God more than he loves you. Yes. And, uh, that that's the, that's one piece. And then we talk about how that works itself out. And, uh, I say, you know, don't, if you gotta, if, if, you know, in many years from now, our oldest is nine. So years from now, <laughs> if he's on his phone all the time, he doesn't get your attention. doesn't get your mm-hmm. time. If he doesn't care for you in these ways, he needs to open your door. Like he needs to have parents that have taught him. Well, mm-hmm. he needs to open your door. He needs to, Pay for your dates. Like, feminism is not a thing. <laughs> I want my daughters to have all their due in terms of what their value and their worth. But that means that they need to find a man, a young man who sees them yeah. as so, as someone to be cared for. Right. Yes. No, not pampered, not babied, not spoiled, not any of that stuff. Like she's yeah. going to have her own work to do.
0: They are loved biblically. But loved and, and, they are...
1: and sacrificially. And that's yes. what you say. Like the, the boy goes down. So the girl goes girl free. Yes.
0: And that was one of the biggest pictures I painted to these young women today. I was like, our model and standard mm. of love is Christ. Like there is no other perfect example of sacrificial, mm. perfect love. Like there is just no, there's no one else. And so if the guy that you're pursuing is loving you sacrificially, that's a green light, right? Like if he's not just thinking of himself, but if he's mm. manipulating you and pushing you pressuring, you, pressuring you to do things that you don't want to do, that's selfish love. That's not love.
1: Well, any love that would cause Push you to reject, agenda, right? to reject the the truth of God. The law of God, mm-hmm. the moral framework that's, that God's given us, yeah. the framework for family, any, any quote unquote love, love is is, not, that does, that cause you to reject that is not love. Right. And it's that dripping method, like you said, of making this the norm for them. The, the, the object that they are, the objective facts that they're looking for. Right. In a young man. Right. Um, so
0: three pillars to kind con- oh.
1: I loved these. So okay. I just want to read her perk, perk up because this is, this <laughs> part to me was so, I mean, Selena, um, I thought you did a great job putting these together. In terms of the big <laughs> pillars that little, that young ladies need to have in place. Yes. I'm, I'm wondering, and I'm, and I think these apply for young men as well, but yeah, go ahead. And this is not do just relationships, to... but it's also what, like dealing with issues around sexuality. Absolutely. Yep. So if you've got friends now, these girls and the, and the boys wanted to know about what I do with, if I have a friend who says they're transgender. Right. And, I'm, and how am I to love them? Are, are, are I not supposed to judge them? And. And, you know, these They're types great of questions. questions,
0: they were great questions.
1: And, you know, the, the, they need, need to be thoughtfully answered yes. and faithfully answered. Mm-hmm. And so these three pillars speak to not just your sexuality as a young lady, mm-hmm. but how do you navigate the sexuality milieu of our culture right. in a way that is faithful to scripture, even if your friends disagree with you and, yeah. and, and they probably will they at will. some, mm-hmm. at some point. So yeah, let's, what are these three pillars? You want to say them first and we can talk to them? Yeah,
0: or? sure. Uh, the first one being Imago Dei, which made in the image of God, this whole notion. Again, we'll come back to it and talk ex- and just unpack that a little bit more. Number two, get comfortable with being uncomfortable. And being unliked. Uh, number three, biblical love versus the world's view of love. Hmm. Uh, being able to understand, differentiate that. So let's start with the Imago Dei. So made in the image of God, right? This whole notion and idea that every human being is made in the image of God. Uh,
1: hmm.
0: For a young lady who might be struggling with her identity and struggling or coming into stepping into womanhood, There's going to be some shaky ground, you know. They are no longer a child; they're not quite a teen, a a middle schooler. They're teenagers, I guess, but they're not quite adults. So there's this in between where you're dealing. There's a struggle with this innocence, and yet they're kind of being exposed to more of the world.
1: It's a really tender age.
0: It is a tender age because the abstract part of their brain is also set in. So you can have different kinds of conversations uh, that aren't don't have to be so concrete, but can be more nuanced. So, anyways, living in the imago day teaching your daughter that they are made in God's image that they are valuable that they're worth their importance everything should be anchored in the fact that they are made in God's image and not the fact that um they're not a size 2 or they don't have the certain clothes or that they're not on TikTok or that they're you mm. know not uh in the right friend group or they're not as good at sports like these are not the things mm. that are our standard for being a young woman of God. You know, I ask our girls right now, this is just the question that it looks like is two questions is who makes you the most beautiful God in my heart and who loves you the most God. And now our <laughs> Louisa, the three-year-old's just like, daddy, who loves you the most?
1: <laughs> and I'm like, you do sweetheart.
0: I'm <laughs> like, no, God, God's the answer, Ryan, God. Um,
1: yeah. So what I hear you saying, and, and this is the calibrating truth is that your young lady your value is assigned to you yes it's not earned by you mm-hmm. it has been marked on you by god yep and that i'm just You don't have to look
0: out said. there for your worth for your beauty for you, your value for you You can look up you yeah
1: and and because you look up you're seeing a reflection in yourself yes yeah of how god has made you and that should have a few effects as it makes you value yourself the same way God values you, mm-hmm. meaning that you're not just gonna discard your body. Mm. Um, there's there's a, a tragic trend among young ladies who who lack this sense of self-worth. Yeah. And that they are so quick to give away their bodies if it means getting the affection they crave. Yes. And they're willing to do and say and, and act mm-hmm. in certain ways. Mm-hmm. Um, that's cheaping that's cheapening. <laughs> Your body that God has given you, your, yeah. Your temple, your temple, yeah. Well, we, and we talked about that on the marriage side this week. Um, if you haven't watched that, check it out. Um, so, yeah, the imago Day, thats huge. Your worth is assigned to you. God, God says your worth, and we, we see this a lot in like the pro—or I guess the abolitionist arguments that we have yeah. with like around abortion. Yes, we're—we're. I—I we're, um, I th- I think you could say we're abolitionists in the sense that we think it should be completely banned. Yeah. And a lot of the arguments are around this idea that we don't determine the worth of that, of that life. Mm-hmm. God does. And so that life is not determined by the timing. It's not determined by the placing where it is in or outside right. of the womb or how big it is, right. how developed it is. <laughs> the worth is there by fiat. God said it's there. Yeah. And I think you can make biblical or biological cases around it. But anyway, that's that. Yeah. This is along those same lines is that it's there because God says it's there. What's number two?
0: Uh, number two is get comfortable with being uncomfortable and unliked. Uh, the principal came up afterwards and was just like, I really liked that point that you said about get comfortable with being uncomfortable and not being liked Mm -hmm. because they, that is where the persecution is for these young people right now. Um, and not only is it to their face, but it can be smeared all across the socials. Right. Uh, which is why you have things like anxiety and depression and suicide up among teen girls. Uh, but again, as parents, we should be, uh, Mm. equipping them and encouraging them to and reminding them, right. That God's word is the norm. You will not be like, Jesus said you will have trials, but take heart. Like he's already won the Mm. battle. And just because you might be feeling rejected right now with some of your friends, doesn't mean it'll always be like that. Um, not again, that's not what we're aiming for here. You know, we're aiming for, uh, being sanctified and made holy and and pure and being more like Christ. Like that's the ultimate call. Um, but for me, it gives me comfort to and things that I've had to learn is that even though I may have had a hard encounter with one of my girlfriends, uh, I can trust that the, that God can still work on them and that he can call them to them. And that's not always my job. And so I can pray for them and I can walk away courageously from a friendship for a while and just say, Hey, the door's open if you want to, but here's the boundaries, you know, here's where we can talk. And when you're ready for that, I'm ready for that. Mm. Uh, You know, so it's, it's a hard thing to try to teach young girls because I think naturally give you the most confident teenage young girl, whatever. They still want to be liked. There's still that it's that time and stage of life. Of yeah, and they you don't just, like conflict. Yeah. They don't like conflict. So equip them for conflict. Equip them to love their neighbor, even in the midst of conflict. So
1: this Goes right to the third pillar. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'll go, they're ma- they're uh, made in the image of God. Number two is get comfortable with being uncomfortable or being unliked. Mm-hmm. But why is it just because we want to just be in these people's faces if they disagree with us and like base and, and we want to invalidate their their sense of identity? Right, it's
0: not a competition. We're it's not, gonna- not
1: that. It's because there is a version of there is biblical love and then there's worldly. Love, and we're we would argue say, that
0: it's not. We would biblical love is the only actual true love, right? Whereas the world's view of quote unquote love is good. a well fake said. version of it's a what do you call? Not just dis, it's distorted, but it's like it's a, a counterfeit. counterfeit. Yeah. There it is.
1: So that's the third pillar is <laughs> teaching them about biblical love over and above, or instead of, or you know, in contrast to yes. the world the worldly vision, worldly view of love. Yes. And so what what we mean by that, and I had this conversation with the young young men, is that our aim is not to love on on their terms our Mm -hmm. aim is to love them on god's terms so good that's how we can be comfortable with being uncomfortable as we can say i'm sorry that you think that me not validating this aspect of sexuality in you i'm sorry you don't like that or if if you go to a friend and you say hey you you, the way i'm not just talking about the the transsexual thing i'm talking about you know if you've got um a a boyfriend or a, a friend who is a girl who is promiscuous
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and you're saying like you're that's sin friend repent turn from that sin turn to god right these are mature conversations but um that's biblical love to call someone to repentance right now if they turn and repent then love covers a multitude of sins Then love forgives then love not that you have to forgive her for that but god forgives her in that and then you can move on from that and you can walk in light and have fellowship right first john says um, But that's the whole point: is you have to know what biblical love is unequivocally, right. Right. so that when someone says to you, and this is the game that is played, is that people say you're a Christian? Aren't Christians just supposed to not judge? Aren't Christians just supposed to be nice? And aren't Christians just supposed to love? And say, well, and, and 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 a nice person says, well, yeah, I mean, I I I do want to love you, and I do want to be nice. I don't want to have conflict. So if you're not mature in your understanding of love, you'll say, well, I'm probably wrong. In other words. Yeah, you're right. And you start to acquiesce, start to give ground. Mm -hmm. And that's not love. That's forfeiting truth, which is a lie, which is, it's antithetical to love.
0: Right, right.
1: And so, but we can't expect our daughters or our sons to know what love is if we haven't taught them explicitly. Hopefully I didn't run away with that point. No,
0: I think that was right on. I, 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 biblical love and the world's quote unquote view of love, they're not, um, what's the word diametrically opposed? Like they're not on the same plane. level. A,
1: you know we'll what say. I mean?
0: Like it's not God versus the like Satan. God is above all. He's, He's in control. <laughs> he won. He is, yeah. it's not, it's not on this even playing field. And so we have to understand that like biblical love is love. Any other version is just, it's not love. And so training our children to know Jesus, to know how he loved. He loved yeah. sacrificially. How did God love us? He loved us sacrificially. He also loved by giving us grace while well, he also loved by, you know, blessing our obedience. Yeah. But what happens when we disobey? Well, just because we disobey, that's not an excuse. Uh, God's goodness does not cover just our disobedience, mm. right? He He allows us in his goodness to learn from our sins. Uh, and ex- yeah, go ahead.
1: This is why Gospel fluency is so important mm-hmm. and biblical literacy is so important. We need to be so fluent mm. in understanding and seeing what <laughs> biblical love is that it is it is as intuitive as, you know, say you you you're running a store and someone comes up and they try to give you monopoly money and you say, All right, you want to buy this, that, and the other thing, that'll be twenty dollars. And they say, here's a twenty dollar piece of monopoly money, and you say, well, What what are you doing? <laughs> That's not real money. So, yeah, it is. Look, it says 20 on it. It's money. Right. No, it's not. Yeah. Give me real money. You cannot, we will not exchange goods. <laughs> so like we need to stop equivocating. Yeah. Like you yeah. said, that false money with the, the real thing. Right. It needs to be that intuitive, that obvious. Yes. yes. And so that's why the drip thing is so important. And I immediately, the thought that came to mind is if you take a hose and you spray it at the, your foundation of your house for five seconds, five minutes, and you full blast, full stream, full blast, spray it, done. That foundation is mm-hmm. going to be fine but then you take you take a a drip mm. drip <laughs> drip mm-hmm. for years drip drip that foundation will erode away yeah just takes time yeah and the thing is is there is a dripping happening in your child's life already right it's the onslaught that we see from culture and from friends and whatever that it's 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 relentless yes and you are god's first defense for the heart and mind of your child as the parent yes and so we our drip needs to be louder. It needs to be in place of those drips and it needs to be more consistent than those drips. And that's on us. And I think that's, that's enlivening to me. It's encouraging. It's also convicting. Um, but it's good. It's helpful to have these pillars and this framework in place specifically around dating relationships, marriage, sex, sexuality, and so forth. Right, And it's
0: again, the drip conversation briefly about marriage. You need that piece of marriage and the understanding of marital covenant to be able to unpack relationships and dating, because mm-hmm. if this is, if marriage is not the end game, then you really shouldn't be fooling around and dating because again, it's a recipe for sin, sexual sin.
1: Dating without a, a mind toward marriage is a waste.
0: This is what I told the girls, date on purpose and date with purpose. That's good. So there
1: That's you good. have it. All right. Well, we talked about biblical love and we would we'd like to end these episodes with a call to repentance and finding that biblical love, that perfect love in Christ, mm-hmm. God himself became flesh. I love that because that is the that is in direct opposition to the Gnostic view that the flesh is inherently less. It's inherently mm-hmm. dirty. It's inherently impure. No, God became flesh so mm-hmm. that he could do what? Dwell among us. Mm-hmm. And the, the verb there in the Greek is to tabernacle among us, to be mm. among us yeah. as God among us. And that's what Emmanuel means, right? God mm-hmm. with us. And so the whole point is, is that you have a God who is not only creator, but he became creation. Yes. He adorned flesh so that he might, by dying in the flesh, be risen again to new life and we could be risen to new life with him. That's Mm -hmm. the gospel, friends. It's Mm -hmm. good news. It's a foregone conclusion. That is love incarnate. His name is Jesus Christ. We want you to know him. So if you don't know him, talk to a friend who's a believer. Ask them to read John with you. It's the fourth book in the new Testament. It's Mm -hmm. probably the best place to start that I can think of and find a pastor that preaches out of the Bible, get into a church because friend, there is life on this side of that truth. We want you to join us. Let's pray. Oh, and you can go to the (laughs) newsisgood.com if you need another step. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for um, our daughters, our sons. I pray that you'd help us as fathers and mothers to disciple their hearts, to mm. urge them toward your truth, to teach them in your truth, to instruct them. Lord, but ultimately we trust, we entrust their hearts into your mm-hmm. loving care. Lord, And we pray that you would let us see fruit born in their lives. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. All right. As a reminder, this ministry exists through our partners. So please go to Fierce Merit, excuse me, fierce <laughs> slash partner. And there's a way for you to partner there. We'd be honored and blessed by that. Either way, we'll be here next week. and We hope you join us. So this episode of Fierce Parenting is in the can. see you again in seven days until next time. Stay fierce.